The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. And uh, I think Governor DeWine was kind of, you know, channeling Bob Seger. Did you hear his, one of his press conferences? No, I don't. I just read the highlights after the fact. We're heading into the dark winter, Carrie. Yeah. Okay, here we go. See if you, you got to listen closely. My friends, my fellow Highlands, I know you're tired. I'm tired of all this uh, COVID. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. I know you want this to be over. But in words often attributed to Winston Churchill. Well, actually, he's channeling Winston Churchill. Oh, brother. Good person to Oh, yeah. Darkest times, seek here. When you're going through hell, keep going. And so tonight, that's a country song. I ask you, keep going. You've heard that song before. Yeah, many times. Kenny Rogers made it a big hit. Oh, I didn't know that. I hear the the newer versions. Oh, this song or Going Through Hell? <laughs> no, I'm talking about this song. Oh, I know. I'm talking about the song. Okay. Has he mentioned when you're going through hell, keep going? That's oh, a country song. Oh, you got me on that one. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> wow. Uh, I was talking about the Bob Seger song. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> this one playing, but, uh-huh. you know, I'm Bob Seger made it a hit, but then Kenny Rogers, remember, right. made it a big hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it seemed to me there, you know, uh, you, you know, the dark winter is coming, Carrie. I mean, 2,000 deaths per day. Um, oh, is it COVID related or COVID confirmed? Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> the, you, you know, the... Uh, they're just saying it's off the charts, um, you know, all across the world. But, yeah, um, the fall uptick in cases is now killing Americans almost as quickly as the worst week of the summer surge. After that, deaths will be comparable only to the spring surge when for more than a week, daily deaths average over 2,000. Right, but um, there's still the... Is it probable and they're counting it? Because even some of this, there was a Stanford epidemiologist that was studying those at the end of summer, all these death certificates and saying, we need to be more careful because there's no way cancer deaths, heart disease, other stroke deaths have gone down considerably that we're, you know, we need to be on, you know, get a better understanding to have good data. Because unfortunately, I don't think the virus is going anywhere. Viruses stick around. No, you got that right. Especially the Rona. The sheer number of infections has driven hospitalizations to record levels. In the last two days alone, more than three two hundred deaths have been reported. Um, so but you know they get money though too when they report it as a COVID death. So yeah. So you know, <laughs> and yeah, and 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 we'll see. You know, again, everyone's waiting for the vaccine. It's going to be a while, right? It, and it's I, just and the sheer that, logistics of it. And they said the healthcare workers will get those, and people at risk will get it. Yeah, the elder people, right? And um, who knows? It's going to be. There's no vaccine that's hundred percent. That I know of, and right. even think about the, if it's anything like the flu vaccine, it's who knows. You know, every year, sometimes after the fact, they'll say, "Oh, well, we guessed wrong." And yeah, and and they're also saying they don't know. There are flu deaths already this year, by the way, confirmed. 
Well, that'll be a double whammy if you get the flu and the, vo- the COVID. Right. So they're saying go get the flu shot, but I'm not a doctor. But um, you know, and, and there and there also and there also there also is an issue of how many people will even get the vaccine. Right. You know, unless the government makes it mandatory, which I don't think they will. Mm, yeah, that's um, an overstretch. But uh, California on the brink of one million cases. Okay, but if how many people have that one million recovered? Because we need to look at the upside. I've known people that have had it and tested positive. They might have felt crummy for 24, 48 hours, maybe a little longer, but they're fine. They never were hospitalized. Other than doing the test at the drugstore, they were fine. Well, you know, we'll talk a little bit. You know, and, and so, Carrie, I still contend, you know, the, the, the coronavirus, it, it's a much greater risk to your retirement plan than the election, you know, in terms of mm. both your health and economically. I don't know. I think the election for some people is very stressful. In our house, we just stopped watching the political. But it's we- not, I don't really think it's going to change <laughs> a, your life like it, the, the Rona has. Well, well, right. You're talking about the day-to-day life. I'm talking about economic right. risk that's out there. You don't think the election results, the economic risk Carrie, well, of who's elected? The market shot up. With, you know, the, well, because the Wall Street like... loves gridlock. Right. Um, now, we, we don't know the outcome of the um, Georgia you know, uh, runoff. We won't and know I still don't January. know with court case if we'll know anytime soon. So, you know, it, it's, yeah. So, you know, again, we, we, you know, the latest day that we're, you know, we're taping the show, you know, Friday the 13th. Um, it, 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 this year, doesn't seem like every day seems like Friday the 13th. No, I, I think this should be a lucky day. Um, do you know, I've seen people in my, my neighborhoods and in my area that are putting Christmas, well, probably cause we had such a beautiful weather last weekend that they've actually turned on their Christmas lights during the week and it gets dark earlier. Yeah. It was just like, there's it's no, like, there, it might as well celebrate. Yeah, well, there's no darkness after, after the Halloween lights went off, the Christmas right. lights came on. And I was like, good for people, you know? You need to do what you can. Um, all right. So uh, with that, a positive note, Carrie, get us started. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're a financial educational talk program here every Saturday morning on 1420 between 9 and 10. We're an educational program, hopefully, that is here to give you helpful educational information about issues that can impact your financial life and hopefully make you aware of things you didn't know and opportunities that exist and potential problems Because in every economic situation, there are plenty of opportunities. And that's true whether you're working or someone in retirement. And it is sponsored by the estate planning team. And the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm or what you think of as traditional financial planner numbers crunchers. And what we do is build custom financial plans and help people through objective, unbiased analysis for the things that concern them or worried or they're faced with a decision. They don't know which way to go. And um, that's our role as far as that traditional financial planner number cruncher. And we do detailed analysis and give recommendations based on your goals what you're trying to accomplish, the long-term tax picture, and we believe firmly in coordination of advisors. Um, We've been around more than 35 years now in the greater Cleveland area, helping people with all the different issues. Again, whether you're working and facing how much do I put in company plans, how much should I contribute to a Roth, the HSA, cash flow planning, when I can afford to retire, or are you worried about the impact of maybe market volatility, rising healthcare costs, this low interest rate and environment on your retirement, or if you're in retirement, on maybe your spending, and how do you create the income as tax efficiently as possible, or how do you take or steps while you're working to create future tax efficient income and give yourself um, a better opportunity, or we talk about those buckets of different um, assets that are taxed differently a few weeks ago, maybe even a month ago now, I think just time's all screwed up, but we did tax wrappers. one of the side effects of the Rona carries. Yeah. We've lost all track of time. <laughs> it sure feels like it. That that and the, the vivid dreams. I call them the co-vivid dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no one's sleeping well. Carrie, no one's smiling yeah, under the mask. Think, oh, I don't. Uh, there's always something to smile about, Mark. Um, but anyway, we um, the even though we're not doing planning classes right now due to COVID, we are offering free, no obligation consultations for people who want to talk about these issues and want to do something and take control about your financial life. We can do those by phone or in per, in person. We are taking those precautions in the office. Um, we'd either one, and we have affordable hourly and comprehensive retainer fees. Um, if you need a little bit of help or a lot of help, and right now. 
There are plenty of opportunities. We keep hammering this. If you have IRA distributions um, or subject to minimum required distribution or 59 and a half or older and retired, you know, you could look at IRA distribution planning and Roth conversion analysis. And we're really focusing on year end planning and what are steps people can take this year where we know where tax rates are to create that future tax efficient income and use the opportunities in this complicated tax code because we don't know what tax rates will do. We know the tax cuts are only good through 2025. That's assuming no one comes in and makes those changes that we have the more favorable rates, but those are scheduled to sunset after that time. So you need to be proactive about your plan. And if you want to look at any of these issues, you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll call you back on Monday morning or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. We also have incentives for people who want to look at planning and get started in 2020. I also wanted to mention, because I had another call this week and a client emailed me this morning before recording where people are asking because they're worried and people are saying, well, I heard maybe I should go all to fixed annuities. And it's not an all or nothing. I've had a few people call this week. It's how much what makes sense for you. Certainly it's a good, there's no good or bad products. It's how they're used. What's their intention? What's your exit strategy? And it's never, you don't want to move a hundred percent into one concept or strategy ever. So if you have questions in that, you know, you can give us a call too. Yeah. Carrie, that's a good point. You know, know, fixed annuities have gotten a lot of talk, you know, really since the 2008, uh, you know, great recession. Um, you know, when we saw interest rates start going low and we saw, you know, that, that lost decade, you know, where mm-hmm. the S&P was down 50% twice in 10 years, you know, you know, that scared a lot of people. And, you know, so they, they've gotten, the products have come out and, and there's been a lot of talk and I don't have to tell you about, you know, the guys who made a, made a living on saying, I hate annuities and you should too, or, or, you know, the idea of saying, you you know, if you can, you know, fog a mirror, you should be buying annuities. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, (laughs) I haven't heard that one. (laughs) Well, it's, it's just the idea that, um, you know, you know what, what we do try to say is, you know, don't ask a stock guy about fixed annuities and don't ask a fixed, a fixed annuity guy about the stocks, you know, mm-hmm. investing in stocks. I mean, I, do you, what do you think you're going to get if you ask somebody who sells stocks and bonds and mutual funds for a living? And what do you think he's going to say when you ask him about fixed annuities? Hmm. Uh, conversely, if, if you go to a fixed annuity guy, um, he's probably not going to, you know, recommend that you put your money in mutual funds. Now, so so you have to sharpen your own elbows and be, uh, you know, be aware that be careful, you know, you know, depending on where the person across the desk is sitting from you is where he stands on a particular, you know, topic. Right, and it's not an all or nothing. It's you know, something sound good income you'll never outlive. Well, that income, depending on how much you're putting in, may be really small. So, but it, you know, it can be a good tool. Just be careful. If you have questions on that, we're, you know, we're here to help too. And and, and, and help you know what questions you should ask Yeah, and and, and how to look at it maybe in a different way. Right. So, so once again, there's no good or bad tools in the financial planning toolbox. Um, There's good and bad uses of every tool that's in there. And the idea is, you know, that's why the, your toolbox at home doesn't just have one tool in it. And, you know, you need to, you know, it, it's a, you know, it's a, you don't pick up the hammer, you know, to fix the broken china. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to try to drive a nail, the hammer does just fine. You know, it's that same approach. You know, you don't put 100% of your nest egg in any one product. Okay. Um, you don't compare your fixed annuity to your stock portfolio. It's not the same animal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if you want to compare fixed annuities, compare it to your CD rates or your 10 year treasury rates or something along those lines. You know, when you're comparing fixed 
options. If you're if you're saying, hey, I'm not going to put a dime more into the stock market, then I need to have I need to know what I'm going to do with my money that's never going into stocks. You know, whether that's the 60-40 portfolio or a 50-50 portfolio. Okay, on that fixed side, what are you doing with it? How much of is, is going to be in bonds? You know, there's risk in bonds. You know, how much is it going to be in CDs? They're not paying a whole lot right now. How much is it going to be in fixed annuities? You know, it's more of that comparison, which, which gets you out of this silly uh, debate between when the stock guys say, I hate annuities and you should too, and the fixed annuity people are just saying, you should put all your money in fixed annuities. Really? It's all about the income. You know, the one thing I yeah, you got me started on this, Carrie. <laughs> you know how much you know how much material I have prepared for this show. You always have a ton of material, Mark. Um, but you know, you know, the other thing I'm a little bit tired of on the fixed annuity side, and I'm not. I, I love fixed annuities, right? But how they are sold, I'm not too. You know, mm-hmm. in other words, I'm a little bit tired about everyone who's selling fixed annuities just to come out and say it's all about income. You know, in other words, it's um, it's income you can never outlive. But they never seem to get around to telling you how much of an asset you need to give them to get that level of income right. to maintain your lifestyle. Right. The income, depending on how much you're putting out, maybe. 120 bucks a month. Well, it know, doesn't I, mean it's income yeah, that's going to support your lifestyle. You don't hear them talking about that too much. Right. In other words, so so what you want to do is if you're going down that route and you say, okay, if, if, if you're being sold the sizzle and saying income you can never outlive, then you have to tell them, okay, this is the amount of income I need. Right. So tell me how much I have to give you to buy the annuity that will promise me that right. income. I think you'll be surprised. All right. Completely sorry. Lost track. All right. I'm, I wanted to talk about the dark winter, but I guess we'll move no, on. No, I was going to um, say, yeah, there's enough dark talk right now. Um. All right. I, I am going to do a case study here. I was going to try to complete it today, but that's out the window. We're going to tear up this script here. <laughs> no, I, I, so th- as we said, we are getting you know you know into our year end planning. And and what we do on this show, and you can always go back and listen to podcasts. But you know, in November, we try to give you an idea of uh, of what we mean by year end planning, not what the fixed annuity guy means about year end planning, and not what the stock guy means about year end planning. You know, a, a little bit about what the state planning team means by right. year end planning. So I want to get to so you know whether this show and the next few shows in November we'll be zeroing in on case studies. Um, we we get feedback you know from the listeners and apparently everybody likes the case studies, Carrie. So um, we do them from time to time. Um, but before we get to that, there is some tax briefs that I want to get to. Um, and so this is one that a lot of you know people, at least a lot of our clients, a lot of professional advisors have been waiting for, and that's the new Medicare threshold premiums, Carrie, right, for going for 2021 mm-hmm. or the famous, you know, IRMA adjustments, right? And the IRMA, of course, stands for the income-related monthly adjustment amount. So if, if you are collecting... Um, or if you, and I'm collecting Social Security, but well, let me start by saying if you're on Medicare, and remember, Carrie, we had kind of focused on Medicare enrollment, and right. you know, you can go back and listen to our recent podcast shows. It's all you know, it's, we we did a few shows on the Medicare enrollment process, but you know, this is the time of year, and the and the government just released Medicare just released what the prices are going to be and what those. IRMA thresholds are for, you know, 2021. So we have a lot of clients, Carrie, you were mentioning at the beginning of the show, part of the year in planning is saying, how much of a Roth conversion can I do and not shoot myself in the foot tax-wise, right? Right. So one of them is making sure that you don't do too much of a Roth conversion or IRA distribution or any other, you know, taxable income item that that causes your Medicare premiums to go up two years from now. Remember, is that two-year gap. So what are those? Um, So- um, you know, and this is and tables, you know, financial tables always work so well on the radio, Carrie. But um, you can get these, by the way, just go to Medicare.gov and just, mm-hmm. you know, do a query on, you know, you know, the Medicare, you know, standard B premium thresholds. Right. For, but you got to put in there for 2021. Right. You got to give right. you got to give the robot that clue. Um, but, you know, so. So, you know, the so the, the, the standard is if you're filing single. OK. Um, you, you're looking for your uh, modified adjusted gross income to be $88,000 or less. And how do you get the modified gross, adjusted gross income? You got to take your adjusted gross income and then add in there any tax municipal interest that you reported that year. 
So, for example, for 2021, you know, which you're going to be, you know, paying here soon, um, they're going to look at your 2019 tax return. You say, well, Mark, why don't they look at 2020? Well, because 2020 is not filed yet, right? The only one they have to use is 2019. So they're going to say, so, you know, so that's up $1,000. So last year was 87000 So a single person this year is 88000 um, For Mary filing jointly, um, it's up $2,000. So last year's threshold was 174000 This year, or, you know, 2021 is going to be 176000 So that's that magic, magic number. You know, mm-hmm. we have a lot of clients who are saying, hey, I don't want to go through that because, my, you know, now how much... Does your Medicare B premium go up if you miss that, right? So the standard Medicare B premium for 2021 is up a little from last year. A very little. You know, it's it, last year was $144.60, or I should say this year, 2020. It was, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be saying last year, 2020. Gary will be saying goodbye to it soon, right? So this year it's $144.60. Next year that's going up to $148.50. So that shouldn't break your, you know, your budget. Um, now, what I mean, if you go through that first threshold, okay, so now the, the premium goes up from 148.50 a month to $207.90 a month, okay? And then the next threshold after the, um, you know, the 88,000 for single goes up to 111. And for a couple, the 176 goes up to 222. Okay, so you can see that doubling effect is, is standing, you know, pretty consistent. Okay, um, and then there's three more thresholds above that. Okay, um, so here's how their Medicare premium is going to go up. At the first level tier, 148.50. The second is 207.90. The third is 297. The fourth is 386 dollars and 10 cents. The fifth is 475 dollars and 20 cents. And the highest, that's for single payers with 500 thousand or more, Maggie, or couples at 750 thousand or above. Um, you know, it's going to be 504 dollars and 90 cents a month. Um, now, hopefully, you know, not too many, you know, listeners are in that. Well, <laughs> that's a good or bad news. Right. <laughs> if you're in that department of Maggie, that's good news. But the bad news is you're, you're medical. Right. right. So, you know, so I just wanted to throw those out there because, um, you know, that is a number that when we talk about year end planning, it's, it's the idea of saying, you know, do I have room, you know, to max that out? See, a lot of people know that if they just follow or if their, if their plan is just to follow the required minimum distribution, and we know this by because we've run projections out for them, they're going to, you know, eventually realize that the, 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 just the required minimum is going to shoot through one right. of those thresholds. Whereas, and, and sometimes, depending on how big your minimum required, it could shoot you through a couple. Right. So, you know, and, and a lot of that depends on what rate of return, obviously, that um, your your uh, IRA are growing at. But, um, but you know, so, so the idea is saying, okay, well, if I am going to, um, if I'm going to, if required minimum is just going to shoot me through that. But if I've got a few years here before required minimum sets in, you know, I'm going to do an accelerated IRA distribution before I'm actually required. Remember the Secure Act, you know, right. you know, lengthen the the time to start till age seventy two now, um, from seventy and a half. So you know, the idea is saying I am the the more you know I'm going to start an accelerated distribution, and if I don't need that for spending, I, you know, I got I'm going to convert it over to Roth IRA because you know, and 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 that way, you know, it's now in my Roth IRA. Um, and that was not subject to required minimum distributions, um, or I can pull cash flow needs later on in retirement from the Roth IRA. That doesn't affect my Medicare threshold at all. And by moving that money out of IRA before I'm required to, that theoretically lowers your future required minimum distribution. So you have a better chance of staying under that threshold for a longer period of time. That's kind of the idea. So we, so I know a lot of listeners and a lot of our clients we're waiting for those numbers um, because that you know, and 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 they got released early this year, Carrie. Sometimes we don't get those numbers until after Thanksgiving. But again, there is no Thanksgiving this year. I keep forgetting. It's yeah, there is. Was, um, you can't cancel holidays, um, Carrie. Remember, it's not the ceremony; it's the party after. All right. <laughs> um, all right um, now. So maybe um, modified, but yeah. Idea. So we'll talk more on on these year end planning case studies over the next few weeks about how maybe care maybe I'll come back with how that affects like a real case. You know how we use those Irma adjustments, right? Um, and to 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 plan out um, another real you know. 
Another thing about, you know, the, the Rona effect on taxes. This is interesting, Carrie. Have you heard this yet? This, this was an idea that was thrown out by Deutsche Bank. You've heard of them, Carrie. They're a big mm-hmm. bank. Um, work from home tax. Have you heard about this? Yes, I did hear about that. You know, the, 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 uh, the, you know, the bank think that's the good idea. And it's just another, you know, spin on wealth redistribution, right? So if you've not heard this, um, this is so. This is being proposed by certain powers of be out there. Um, in other words, employees who choose to work remotely, you know, because of the virus, and they can do their work from home, um, should pay a tax to help those workers on low incomes who cannot. Okay. Okay. Um, and you know, the report that the bank threw out was called "What We Must Do to Rebuild." Okay. Um, remember Joe Biden's claim, "Build back better." Remember he's right. his whole platform. And uh, <clears throat> what what the bank says is, you know, employees who work from home receive immediate financial benefits, including reduced cost of travel, food, and clothing. The report suggests the employer would pay the tax if it does not provide the worker a permanent desk. Otherwise, the employee would pay the tax. Uh, I, I don't know about this. I don't know about I don't this. Like it. Um, you know, how does that affair tax across the board? Didn't you always say tax? You're not here to argue the fairness. Well, I'm talking about that's the tax code. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's true. But I mean, um, in other words, they're, they're, one of their, their contentions is that, um, you know, th- that okay, reduce costs of travel. Okay, um, food and clothing. Uh, does really. anyone wear a suit anymore to work? No, but not even that. Food you still have to eat whether you go out to lunch. I mean, how many people? Well, do just, they think that everyone's going out for you know three martini lunches still? Or? But not even that. You know how many people I know? I don't personally that DoorDash and <laughs> to get delivery. Yeah, that are working I, from home. Well, yeah, but I mean Uber Eats. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, were go still going in the office who are brown bagging these right. days. Okay, um, so the, you know, I, I don't know, I, but we'll see. So, I mean, it's just another, you know, side shoot of the Rona. Right. Regardless of that, you know, take advantage of the opportunities you can, even during these times of uncertainty. There are certainly things you can do about your financial life, and that's where we're here to help. We've been doing this more than 35 years and offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, either by phone or in person. And we have affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive retainers. On the website, there's some incentives if people come in and look at these issues and get started before the end of the year. And if you'd like to take advantage of the free consultation, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Visit the website. You can sign up for the newsletter. We have alerts as we get new tax, you know, the different tax thresholds. When we finally get classes, there's always helpful information. I do a newsletter and then alerts that are blasted out through email at no cost to you. All right, and listen to Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those 35 years, uh, we've gone through a lot of presidential elections, right, Carrie? And mm-hmm. a lot of proposed tax changes. Um, and, and we've tried to explain, we've been doing this show decades, and we've always tried to say, you know, it don't get too excited right about presidential candidates campaign promises um, because it takes more than the White House to get permanent tax law changes in this country. So, you know, be careful about that. Now, the big issue this year is, well, I guess we could still say is the presidential not decided yet. But barring that, um, we have the Senate, you know, oh, race, yeah. which is going to come down you know, to the Georgia runoffs, right? Um, and, but the other thing too, um, you know, Georgia, you hear they're, 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 they're going to recount. Right. Did you hear that, Carrie? Yes, I did. Now, you know, I'm not, you know, saying I'm superstitious about Friday the 13th, but just saying, uh, does it bode well for Georgia to begin the recount today? 
I don't know, Mark. I'm it's going to be unlucky that. for someone. Yeah. Um, but I'm also you saying. You think they'll be done today? Come on, Mark. Well, they're going to. They're starting today. <laughs> right. That doesn't. They mean... have to be done, Carrie. That's a good point. They have to be done by the tenth. That gives them six of December? days. December. No, November. November what? Um. You said the tenth. Oh no! I mean the, the not the tenth. I, I the eighteenth. Oh, I was thinking. Oh, I hope they're done by. Is that is that yeah? What, Are they going to double check by hand then too? Yeah, I think yeah, because they have six days. Okay. Because because I think Georgia has to declare on the twentieth. Okay, so they want the count recount done two days before that. Okay. Maybe that gives them a little bit, but I mean, so but you, you, they have to recount by hand, Carrie. Have you heard this? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's there's why there's five I million votes. That's why I thought December tenth was okay. That's reason. Is that humanly possible? Because I would think they should double check that too. Carrie, do you, do you have that? Uh, you have that government calculator, one that no. does the fuzzy math. Um, so let's t- let's let's just look at the numbers here, Carrie. Okay, five million votes. They got to recount. They got six days to do it. So that's about uh, okay, five hundred thousand, five million divided by six. That's eight hundred thirty-three thousand three thirty-three per day. Okay, they have to recount. You know, now they say they're going to work ten hours a day. Okay, um, so that's what eighty-three thousand per hour. They have to recount, right? That's what I'm thinking. December okay. 10th is now, a better number. Let's talk about. So, how many is that per minute? So, we take the eighty-three thousand three thirty-three divided by sixty. That's one thousand three eighty-nine per minute. Now, if we want to go to the seconds, let's divide that number by 60. That's 23.15 per second. Now, obviously, they're going to have more than one person doing the recount, Carrie. Mm-hmm. So how many people do you think they need? A lot. See, but then do you want to do consistently? Should it only be a couple people? Well, you know you know what the process is? Well, at least the one process I read about was in how Fulton County is going to do it, right? Um, and, it, and it's basically you have two people sitting at a table and the other members are shuffling in, you know, boxes of ballots. Right. So one member of the team picks up a ballot, reads off the name out loud, sets it down. The second person picks it up, reads off the ballot, you know, reads. They're just going to do the presidential, too. They're not going to do any other votes. It's just a, you're not going to go down ticket, Gary, just the president. And then the second person says the name. And then they set it down, and then that goes into the right box, either for you know which candidate. So how long is that going to? How long does it take to do that one? So let's That's see. why so, I'm thinking they need more time. Okay, so if I pick up one and say, "Oh, Donald Biden," and I set it down, and then the second counter picks up and says, "Joe Trump," and sets it down. Okay, <laughs> how long did that take? That take about seven <laughs> seconds, right? So if you, if you do the seven seconds, let's say it takes seven seconds right. to get that done. And you know they're government workers, no offense, so they're um, only going to work what? And, and, and well, let's say they're working to ten hours without a, a, a you know a coffee break, right? Well, um, they need bathroom and coffee breaks. So I mean, maybe they're going to have twelve hour days, but they're they're actually going to be counting for ten hours. Um, so if if you got seven seconds to get through that process, you're going to need about 160 counters. So we'll, we'll see see how that goes. Um, you know, and, and we'll see if, uh, they get done by the 18th. Um, all right. Carrie, did you get the jobless claims this week? No, I did not. I'm surprised because last, you know, you, you, last week I did. You, um, yeah. And, and they were up again, right? Mm-hmm. So, they're, they're, you know, all this good news that's not, you know, so the jobless claims, Came in lower than forecasted, you know, at seven hundred nine thousand, beating last week's, you know, that was uptick to about seven hundred fifty-seven thousand. So, you know, that seems to the bode well, um, and and kind of go from there. Um, so, year-end planning, Carrie. Um, well, I finished. Last week, I started this last week, I think, Carrie, didn't I? But, um, and the, the idea is saying, you know, I want to do a case study. And, Carrie, what do we try to accomplish with our case studies? Well, one is just the idea that um, it, it's, we try to illustrate that, you know, what we preach. In other words, how we actively plan for our clients. Um, and it also reflects that, um, 
you know, what we, what the estate planning team means by financial planning. Like, like I was saying before, I'm not, when you, when I do these case studies, you're not going to hear me talking a lot about which stocks are doing well or what trends are doing well or what ETFs to buy, or, you know, you're not going to hear me talk a lot about that. When I do these case studies, you're not going to hear me talk a lot about fixed annuities. Okay. Um, what, what, what maybe you will hear is how you know we actively manage and 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 try to you know educate you know what we mean by financial planning and and it's not you know the the, the discipline of financial planning is not doing a financial plan once and then putting it into the sock drawer for 30 years and then pulling it out 30 years later and say oh it worked just like this right no, the idea of building a financial planning model is the idea that you, you, you build it today based on the best set of assumptions you can make today, you know, in, and we always talk about the parameters of using realistic and conservative assumptions. But the idea is saying that once you get that, let's call that plan A, once that plan A is built, you, 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 the discipline is saying when, when reality changes an assumption that you made, you know how to go in and, uh, you know, update your plan accordingly. You know, you're not starting at zero again. You know, you're just saying, okay, I thought this was going to happen. It didn't happen. This other thing happened. So, or, you know, you're saying, hey, something has changed that I've got to change my assumption on this forever. Carrie, that could be an example of retirement date, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or something along those lines. Or rethink my spending or gifting or... Right. Um, I, we give a million examples. Right. So that's the idea. It's saying, OK, and, and that's why it's a working model. You know, there, it, it, it's a way to measure your progress, you know, or it could be if, you know, the government, you know, things beyond your control, like if the government completely changes the tax law. Well, then that's when you might have to go in and update your plan model. <laughs> that's never happened before. Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, it also with these case studies, we try to um, highlight how we're big on coordination of advisors, okay? Um, so when you always talk about, you know, maybe the five professionals that if you're going to look to hire a professional to help you build a, 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 whatever you want to call it, an estate plan, retirement plan, a pre-retirement plan, let's just call it a financial plan, right? Um, could be the attorney, could be the CPA, uh, could be the investment advisor, could be the insurance professional, could be what we traditionally call ourselves the financial planner. Right um, now, some some of you listening and some of our clients do one or two of those things themselves. Okay, um, sometimes a, a new prospect comes into us; they've got you know three or four of them already in place. Mm-hmm. They just don't have; they've realized they just don't have the financial planner in place. And sometimes they're playing the role, whether it's a tax preparer or the investments, or right. Um, and sometimes the the robot tax is, you know is playing that role. You know the TurboTax or the you know uh, one of the one of the programs. Um, so um, and 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 that's why we say you know that you know the the robots are out there. But you know the other things we try to highlight when we do these case reviews is that sometimes the robots forget to ask you important questions. All right, um, and you know, and we'll try to you know we'll see if we can do that. Um, all right, um, so this is a case, and it has it has to deal with you know the the topic I was talking about last week and the idea you know have you you know if you're thinking about going in and retiring here in the next few years, have you budgeted in an appropriate amount of health insurance premium cost for your in your plan? Um, and you know, that's, that's the idea of saying that you may be uh, working and covered by an employer plan where your out of pocket for the insurance end of it is very minimal, right, Gary? Mm-hmm. And so it's, you're, you're, you barely, barely even notice it, you know, it's not getting into your lifestyle, but have you, you know, have you addressed, you know, when you leave that, you know, employer plan, what it's going to cost you? And that's where we get into, and I started that last week, about, you know, how do you build a health insurance premium schedule for the next 30 years or however long you're going to run your retirement plan scenario, right? And it, it's the idea, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, that looking at the cost of Medicare B, 
Medicare D, uh, Medicare Supplemental, um, could be looking at um, what inflation factor, you know, because health insurance may be going up at a higher rate of inflation than mm-hmm. other than a loaf of bread. Um, it may be also looking that, you know, if you and your spouse, if you're married, aren't the same age, you're not going on Medicare at the same time, you may both have uh, some, you know, you know um, in, in, in employer retiree supplementals available to you, especially right. if you're, you know, and the teachers have, have those options. Um, you know, all these different, you know, uh, you know, variables that, you know, you just don't necessarily ask your neighbor what, what their health insurance budget is. Okay, you have to kind of do it yourself. Um, so, and then, you know, a lot of people, you know, always talk about that fidelity study. You know, it says it costs right. $250,000, right. you know, and, and we are kidding about that because they're saying, well, is that true? And because uh, I've always said, I think that's low. Well, I think they're only looking at one part of that. Well, yeah. So, and I don't know if I, I kind of yeah, you did talk through, a little bit. Let me kind of finish that thought. If you if not, want to go back and listen to last uh, week's podcast show. But um, the idea is, how do they get? You know, I, this is maybe one way you get back to the two hundred and fifty to two hundred eighty thousand a year, Gary. Um, so let's say, um, okay, so let's say you're assuming that you and your spouse are not going to buy a Medicare supplemental plan. Okay. You're just going to go, your, your Medicare, you're going to be paying the, you know, the 144.60 or now the 148. Um, and you're, and you're going to pick a Medicare Advantage plan, a Medicare C plan, you know, that's, and then, and then they're going to put you on a uh, Medicare D where you're going to have a $30 a month, you know, prescription drug premium. And that's it. Okay. And let's say, you know, and let's say you're running this, you know, 30 years. Okay. And you only use, well, I don't know, depending on how you look at it, let's use a 4% inflation factor. So let's, so that, so under that scenario, Carrie, if you're saying that I'm going to be on the lowest tier for Medicare, um, I'm going to go, I'm, you know, I'm going to assume that Medicare Advantage is going to remain free for the rest of my, you know, life or the next 30 years. And the Medicare D premium that they're forcing me on is going to be 30 bucks a month. Okay. For each of them. Mm -hmm. 4% inflation carry that gets you to about, you know, that $260,000 figure, you know, so, so that's maybe, you know, but, you know, my contention is, um, you know, a lot of people, um, even, you know, it's, it's, you know, again, it's, it's probably about 50, 50 nationwide. They say there's only about 36% who actually go on Medicare advantage. Um, I think around here, this town with all the great medical and the great Medicare Advantage right. plans, I think it's a little bit higher, especially I think when our clients, because also the Medicare supplemental have gotten so expensive. Right. Okay. Um, so, but my, what I'm worried about is if, 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 as the baby boomers, as more and more, you remember 10,000 a day right. are turning 65 and going on Medicare, you know, if more, as that wave continues and they, and, 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 and the percentage going on the free Medicare Advantage are there are those Medicare Advantage um, uh, suppliers? That's the wrong word, Carrie. But you know what yeah, I'm talking about. Um, are they going to be able to keep it free? Probably now, not. Well, it depends, I guess, on how much the government subsidizes those companies, right? right? And, and and go from there. Um, so we'll see. So and then also we talked about you know some of the reasons why um, people don't go on um, Medicare Advantage is because it, they want to see certain doctors that may be out of that network. Um, now, all right. So let's see. Do I start this case? Well, I'm going to start this case. I certainly won't finish it, Carrie, because um, you got me off on sorry this sidebar topic. Um, but so 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 this particular case it, it has to deal with that topic. So the couple came to us, Carrie. They and I think they were I think they were 59. They were the same age, or within 12 months of birth. You know, so I think he was 59. And when he first started working with us and one of his goals was to see, you know, he wanted to get out, you know, as he was growing up, he always thought he'd work till 65. He had always heard like many people we hear from carries. Oh, I, I'm just going to, I can't retire till 65 because I'm going to go on Medicare. That's what I'm, because I've heard that health insurance. If, if I retire 
pre-Medicare and I don't have any benefit from my employer, I've always heard that, you know, buying health insurance on my own before Medicare is expensive. Right. Okay. Um, now, you know, and, and you know, and, and that's kind of what's going on right now. You remember, the other thing that happened this week is, you know, the Supreme Court picked up the case of Obamacare, right? And right now, you know, they're they're trying to decide, and a lot of people are wondering, are they going to overrule and get rid of, you know, the Affordable Health Care Act? Um, I think it's so big, it's going to be hard to undo. Yeah, they maybe have yeah, a, they carry, may be yeah. able to undo some parts of it. I can't imagine. I think it's too big of an animal. Yeah, it, it's it's already embedded. Um, there's a lot of issues right now. Especially, do you do totally disrupt the health industry again in the middle of a COVID? <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, and the uh, and you know, the, and the problem was, um, you know, in the early thing, in the early, you know, projection. In other words, they're they're kind of saying, I don't think too many of the Supreme Court justices are are think it's it they're gonna you know get rid of it. It's okay. Right, let's do a burrito bet, Carrie. Okay. 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 We're, you know, if you're not familiar with that term, I always uh, have little side bets right. with Carrie, uh, and I and we bet a burrito, right? Right. Um, all right. Which do you think will happen first, Donald Trump's concession or SCOTUS upholding Obamacare? SCOTUS upholding Obamacare. Ooh, you think that'll come first? Yeah. Well, we'll see, because right now, whatever they're thinking, they're they're saying they probably won't announce a decision till summer. Oh, OK. But so I'm going to say that Donald Trump's okay. concession is good. Now, if Donald Trump wins. Right. You win the bet. Carrie. Right. That's right. Um, okay. Which I still don't think we're going to know for a while. Um, but I do think. Good Obama- luck to those voters count or those election workers counting. <laughs> so, I, but I, I do not think SCOTUS is going to, you know, up. I think they are going to uphold uh, the Affordable Health Care Act. And I think that the next administration, whoever it is, is just going to be continuing to tweak it. Right. And, and, and again, um, one of the problems, too, was the pre-existing conditions. So the Nobody Repu- wanted to get rid of that. I know, but the Republicans had a problem making the math work, Carrie, without getting rid right. of that. Right. Um, you know, and I don't. But nobody was going to get rid of that. Even Donald Trump said he wasn't going to get rid of that. Yeah, but but that. The, but the problem is, if you don't, if if um, what they wanted to do was say that, um, not that the insurance companies wouldn't give you a policy. Right. What they were saying was they could adjust the price accordingly. Okay, in all fairness, and I have people in my family that have health issues. The reality is people who have pre-existing conditions pay more. In every other industry, and I'm not saying because I get the advantage of the same premium, um, but when you when you have accidents or your car gets, or whether it's your fault or not, sometimes your premiums go up. If you're not as healthy with life insurance, you pay more premiums. Same thing with health care. I'm not saying it should be priced out and astronomical, but the reality is somebody who's completely healthy maybe just goes for checkups, if that at all, versus someone who has chronic health issues that sees the doctor often might pay a little more in reality. Right. But I mean, that's business. Right. But that was the whole point of the ACA. It was try to avoid that, you know, and, and try to get more people. And the whole idea, that's why you had the uh, mandate that you needed to cover, because right. they wanted a lot of the younger people who right. are healthy. Pay the premium. To pay the and premium they, and they to help use... offset so they wouldn't have to charge the older, unhealthier people right. a higher premium. Right, because the... young people usually don't even go for checkups. They don't use it. So that was kind of the, you know, the, the thought behind it. So so what I'm saying is Republicans still had a problem working out how they were going to get rid of the Affordable Health Care Act mm-hmm. and yet somehow save pre-existing right. conditions without having this spiraling effect right. where the insurance companies mm-hmm. are just getting back to the same point. Right. Yeah, you will give you a policy, Mr. Sick Old Man. Right. But, you know, the premium is going to be something you can't even afford. Right. Which that's not reasonable either. That was their problem. Right. So, you know, so they, you know, so they were, you know, Republicans were effective in getting rid of the mandate. 
Okay, um, but we, I don't think SCOTUS is going to get rid of Obamacare. Right. No, I don't um, either. And, I think it's just too big. Um, all right. You know, so, you know, so that's so. So anyway, so that back to this case was, you know, so the, 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 the clients, they were saying, well, they had always heard, you know, that uh, Obamacare was going to be uh, very expensive. And they were saying that, so in their minds, they were saying, well, there's no way that he could retire. She was already retired, by the way, but there was no way that he could retire before 65. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't handle the job. I mean, he he was done, Gary. Right. It was too stressful. It was it was the rat race. He had survived the Great Recession. But mm-hmm. that means a lot of the people in the company didn't survive. So guess who got to do the extra work? Right. He was traveling internationally. You know how that goes right. as you get older. Um, and The novelty is over. The fun, the, yes. the excitement is no longer. Yeah. And, and so he mm-hmm. wanted out. Right. Um, now, he was saying, you know, when he came in, he, he didn't really think he could financially swing it. Um, and partly was because he said, well, there's no way we'd be able to afford the health insurance premiums right. on top of our other budget, you know, if I'm not working and, and covered by that employer plan. Um, now, but some other things were working to their advantage. Um, the college years were taken care of, mm-hmm. you know, um, helpful, by the way, helped out by some grandparents who, you know, who funded some money into the grandchildren's, you know, 529 plans. Right. That never hurts, right? So, you know, so that, so they saw the end of that coming. Um, but, it, you know, the, the idea of, so, you know, the question was, well, how quickly do you want to retire? You mm-hmm. know, um, and that's, you know, and, and we'll kind of pick up on that story next week. Um, as long as Carrie promises she's going to be talking about fixed annuities. All right. Um, but the, but the the idea is you know what what we what he wasn't he, you know we were we we kind of coordinated with his other advisors. You know he one of the good things was working in his in his favor too was that he had already started a Roth IRA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's one of the big advantages of a Roth IRA is it gives you flexibility you know, in future years, okay, when you're looking to raise cash flow without increasing any taxes, mm-hmm. okay? We've always said, yeah, it's great to, you know, max out those 401ks and get the big tax deduction, but don't trap yourself. Don't have all your money in tax-qualified plans so you have no options, you know, and the flexibility. Especially if tax rates go up in the future. Um, the other things we'll, you know, so I'll pick up on this uh, case next week. The other things we'll talk about is um, charitable planning a year end, right, Carrie? Um, so, you know, we've got a lot of things going on this year, right? First, there, you know, the, the uh, CARES Act, you know, a $300, uh, you know, above the line deduction for non-itemizers right. for cash contributions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now, remember, that's $300 per return. In the beginning, we thought that was $300 per taxpayer. So, well, mm-hmm. married jointly, you no, know, right. it's still 300 You can't do 600 the 60% limit on an AGI for if you're filing charitable on it and getting right. Schedule A, you know, normally you're limited to 60% of AGI. That's out the window this year. You can go up mm-hmm. to 100%. Um, bunching comes on by. QCDs, you know, were you planning on doing a QCD? Well, in a year where you have no RMDs, it might be make more sense to hold off on your QCD and do two QCDs next year to off, offset next year's RMD. Right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.